are listening to the official podcast of Resurgence Initiatives, inspiring people to arise together. For more information, go to liveresurgence.com. Tonight, we're, uh, we're privileged, I'm privileged to have a friend of mine, and uh, I met Pastor Ben Johnson uh, maybe about 12 years ago, somewhere in there, and then about 10 years ago, I went to do a youth retreat. I got asked to speak at a youth retreat in Courtney, B.C., and I was scared out of my mind, and I got there, and, and it was Pastor Ben and I were speaking together at this retreat, and we had to stay in the same billet house together, and we had some laughs and some good times, and just it was just really uh, amazing how God just kind of connected us, and we stayed in touch since, and, and met a few times when I was out. He was in Vancouver at the time, or Lower Mainland, and then four years ago, uh, Ben received a call to come to Calgary, and he now leads a church uh, called First Assembly Church. Uh, Tehillah Monday is a, a gathering they do on Monday nights of young adults, and I've had the privilege to speak there, and we serve on some meetings together and some boards, and so uh, it's a real honor um, to have him. We've tried for a bit to make it work to have Ben, but I just, I just know that what he carries and what his heart, there's something that we need to hear and catch tonight. So I, I want you to give a really warm welcome and open up your hearts to what God's saying through Ben tonight, and let's welcome him to Resurgence. Hey, Resurgence, how's everybody doing tonight? Everybody's doing okay? Everybody's doing good? Wow, it's so good to be here, and I just want to say what an honor it is uh, to be able to just pour into this ministry tonight. As Travis said, we met a number of years ago in Vancouver Island, and uh, I've been anticipating and excited about this opportunity to be here just to share my heart with you tonight. I believe that the Holy Spirit has something specifically for every person in this place. Do you believe that? And as I was praying earlier today, I was praying and asking the Lord, and I believe that the Lord just kind of put in my heart and that there are people here tonight, and, and uh, there's some people here tonight, and you're ready to give up. And I feel like the Lord has a word for you, an encouragement for you. I believe there's other people here tonight that there's just going to be something that the Lord is going to do uh, in, in your life that is going to shift and transform something for your future, something you've been praying about, something you've been believing God for. And so we're going to have a good time tonight. We're going to have a good time tonight because the Holy Spirit is in the house and he's moving. And uh, like Travis said, I, I've been in Calgary now for four years. Before that, we lived at the West Coast. And so moving to Alberta is fairly new for me. I, I'm new to, to Calgary. I like Calgary. It's a great city. Uh, I like Edmonton. It's a great city. It, it, it really is. And, I, you know, there's some differences between Calgary and Edmonton. And, and I've noticed a few of them. A few, a few things are, first of all, uh, Edmonton, all right, you have the mall. We don't have a mall like you have a mall. And some of you are like, yeah, whatever. <laughs> That's a big deal for me. It's like, it's cool, right? Like, not for you, it's not cool. But for me, it's cool. We have the Stampede, Cowboys, all this stuff. Another thing is Edmonton, you have the second best hockey team in Alberta. <laughs> uh, according to the, the Western, I'm just, according to last year's season. But you have the best hockey fans. You have the best hockey fans. That, and you have the stadium. And here's the one thing, I, I moved from British Columbia, and this is what we don't have in Calgary that I just love about Edmonton, you have Red Robin everywhere, all over this town. 
So I like Edmonton. And, uh, but you know, I believe the Holy Spirit is doing something new. I was, the very beginning of this year, I uh, was spending some time in prayer. And I was in my office one day, and I felt like the Holy Spirit just speak to me. And, and, and uh, he was, this phrase was going around in my spirit and in my head. And it was a new season, a new season, a new season. I went up to my whiteboard in my office, and, and I just wrote out, a new season of the Holy Spirit. And I believe that we have entered into, in the church in Canada, I believe that we've entered into, in Alberta, into a new season. God is doing something fresh and new. The Bible says that. But God says, he says, I am doing a new thing. Do you not perceive it? Even now, it springs up. In other words, Sometimes we don't always perceive it. Sometimes we don't always see it. But we can anticipate it by faith, and we can lay hold of it in faith. And I believe tonight if we lean in and we say, Holy Spirit, you're doing something fresh, you're doing something new, and you can count me in, and I'm leaning in, and I'm grabbing onto your, the hem of your garment, and I'm pressing into you, Jesus, I believe that it's going to flow into your life, through your life. You're going to be transformed. You're going to be changed. I believe bodies will be healed. I believe people will be called into the ministry tonight. I believe that there's going to be miracles take place. I believe that people are going to be refreshed. I believe people are going to get filled up with the Holy Spirit. You're going to speak in tongues. You're going to, you're going to experience the fullness of God in your life because some of you need a refreshing tonight and God knows you're here. He has something for you and it's a new season. It's a new day. Don't live in yesterday. Don't live in the past. Just press in and lead into what God has for you today. Today's a fresh day. Today is a day of salvation. Somebody say amen. Come on, this is exciting. And tonight, I, I, the word that I have on my, on my heart is, is a, uh, you can write this down as a title if you're taking notes, personal revival. But, but the subtitle is about building spiritual resilience or, or growing in spiritual resilience. That, that's where I want to go tonight. I, personal revival. And I believe that God wants each one of us to experience a fresh Holy Spirit revival, not just in a service, not just at a camp or a conference, as great as those opportunities are, not even just here at a resurgence meeting tonight, but in our lives personally. I believe it was John Wesley or it was one of the revivalists that said, if you want to see revival, just light yourself on fire for God. And, and, and people will come from all over. And I believe that the opportunity and part of the new season of the Spirit is that we are people that say, God, I love you, and I love your church, and I love conferences, and I love camps, but God, I am so desperate and hungry for you. I want to light my life on fire. I want to experience everything that the Holy Spirit has for me. I don't want to live a mediocre, lukewarm Christian life. I want to live my life passionately, sold out, radically in love with Jesus, and I want you, God, to come and consume my life and light me on fire because I don't want to live a half-baked, lame, Christian culture life. I want the real thing. I want the Holy Spirit. I want the power of God in my life because it's available for you and for me. And I'll tell you what's happening at Resurgence. I really believe that God raises up these kinds of, of ministries, these kinds of young adult and worship and, and prophetic ministries in cities. And the fact that you've been going for 10 years I have a sense in my spirit that your faithfulness, 
that God is establishing, and Travis and I have talked about this, but there's something that God is doing. The Spirit of God is establishing something in the spirit realm that is literally shifting atmospheres in cities. Some of you tonight, you're just like, oh, I'm just going to go tonight. It's a nice summer night. Go hang out with friends. And that's cool. I, I, you, you may have come here for all kinds of reasons. But I'll tell you what. What's happening now is, is, is the Holy Spirit. God is calling. He's doing something now. You're, and as we lean into the spirit, listen, as we do this by faith, what happens in a city is things begin to shift and atmospheres change. Listen, when you raise your hands in worship, it's not just like, oh, I just feel like, you know, whatever, singing hill songs to Jesus in my skinny jeans or whatever. It's not just, it's not just, it's not just like, yeah, I just kind of feel like doing it. When you are a worshiper, when you come to a ministry with a prophetic anointing like resurgence has on it, atmospheres begin to shift in Edmonton. What you are a part of is so much bigger than what you and I might see with our natural eye. And as we were in the prayer room earlier tonight, I felt like the Holy Spirit just reminded me of that, that this ministry, 10 years, it's being established, it's breaking ground, it's breaking open, the heavens are opening in a greater way over this city, over this region tonight, because you are here, because you're leaning in, because you're hungry for God, and and God fills hungry people, hungry hearts. He pours out his spirit. He's looking around. He's looking all over this province tonight. He's looking all over this city tonight, and there's a remnant in this room tonight, and you are the remnant that God desires to pour out his spirit in a fresh way. He's pouring out tonight. He's looking for a remnant The scripture says that the eyes of the Lord, they search to and fro throughout the entire earth, looking for hearts, seeking hearts who are wholly devoted and given over to him. Is that your heart tonight? I believe that is your heart tonight. Don't say it's not your heart tonight. Say, yes, it's my heart, God. Don't let the devil whisper in your ear, everybody else but not you. No, it's you because you're a child of God and you hunger and you long for your father. You hunger and you long for your Father. I just believe what the Holy Spirit is doing is new. It's fresh. And when we lean into it, man, I tell you, cities will shake. We're going through the book of Acts right now in our church on Sundays. And every time I read Acts, I'm like, God, I thank you for the beginning of the church, but just read the book of Acts. And, and everywhere there's visions, there's miracles, there's, it's just like boom, boom, boom. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. What God is doing, the fresh thing that he's doing, sometimes you have to look back before, as, as you're looking ahead. Sometimes you have to say, okay, God, what were you doing? But it's not about going back there. It's a new Acts. It's a new day of the Spirit. It's a fresh outpouring. Thank God for Azusa Street at the turn of the century. Thank God for the different revivals and moves of God. Thank God for what he's doing in your church and what he did in your Sunday school class. Thank God for what he did at camp. Thank God for what he did last month at Resurgence. But something is about to happen. It's a new season of the Spirit. And if you have ears to hear, hear it. And if you have hearts that are open, receive it. And God, give us eyes, and we prayed that in the meeting. Give us eyes to see what you are doing. Give us dreams. Give us visions. Show us, God. We want to be part of what you are doing. We want to position ourselves in the place where you're pouring out your spirit. We want to be a part of it. And I'm just so excited about about Edmonton. I'm excited about your 
walk with Jesus. And I believe you're going to leave this place tonight encouraged. I believe you're going to leave this place tonight built up and strengthened. My wife and I have been in Calgary now for four years. And we have this amazing privilege. God has called us to pastor this great church, First Assembly. And we have a, a, a young adult Monday night thing, and it's very similar to this in the sense where it's citywide. There's a core that's part of our church, our young adults, but we look at it as one of our weekend services. But it's been going 27 years in Calgary. And there was a season, listen, 27 years, that's older than a lot of you in this room, right? Or some of you guys were home, and you were watching, what were you watching? Zaboomafu or something like that. When Tehillah started, remember that? Or Blue's Clues. That's how, that's how old Tehillah Monday is. But every Monday night, it's a well in the city, and, and it's a citywide, and, and there's something fresh that's happening. Just before uh, Christmas, we went away with the leadership team of Tehillah, and, and we went out to the mountains, and we were praying and, and seeking God, saying, God, what is, what, is, what is it that you desire to do? Uh, in this new season. And, and we looked back and there was a season at Tehillah Monday where there were just droves of people. Some of the people tonight I even talked to said, yeah, we should drive down for that revival. And um, every night, every Monday night, people were being saved. I mean, the altars were packed. There was a move of the Spirit that was just unprecedented. It was, it was something that God was doing in our province and we thank God that it sustained itself. We still have several hundred people that come, but we are longing for the day again that not just our church, but that there's no church that can contain the harvest of souls, the harvest that God wants to do. And I prophesy that over this church, and I honor and bless this church tonight for opening their doors to a young adult ministry that is hungry to see revival happen, to see souls come to Christ in this city. I honor that, and I honor this pastor. I don't even know who he is. I honor you, pastor of this church, and I honor the leadership and the staff and the people that are serving. We honor, we honor, we honor for the, peop the people who invest, invest in this community, in the vision of this house and this church, and I just pray God's blessing would rest upon this congregation and this church, that they would be strengthened in the work, and that they would see so many souls they could not contain them in this building. In 27 years of laboring and prophesying and preaching and something is shifting and something is changing and something is busting out in Calgary and something is shifting and something is changing and something is busting out in Edmonton because God is now establishing something fresh as he begins to pour out in a new season, in a fresh season. Do you feel it? Do you not perceive it? Even now it springs up. Even now, right now in your heart, it's springing up. Right now, some of you guys are going, yeah, I'm getting it. Some of you right now, the Holy Spirit is calling you. Your Something's happening in you because even right now, it springs up. Will you rise up to it? Will you say, yes, God, because it's now, it's available for you. It's available for me. It's not sometime in the future. It's not just the glory days in the past. Even now, it springs up. Do you not perceive it? We say, yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. It is a new season of the Spirit. You're doing something new. You're doing something fresh. And do it in me, in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. amen. I was praying with our kids at the table when they were young just a number of years ago, and our little one, I said, you know, thank you, Jesus, for this food, in Jesus' name. And everybody said, and then my little one goes, okay, she said. <laughs> I'm like, that's cool. She's not religious at all, right? So she didn't have time to get that Christianese church talk in her. <laughs> Cast it out. 
God wants to develop a resilient spirit inside of you where you are just passionately on fire. Like I said, we're going through the book of Acts, and, and I just preached um, last couple Sundays on, on the conversion of Saul, Saul of Tarsus, on the road to Damascus. And he's just like, I'm going to murder Christians. He's got letters in his hands. He's, you know, he's bad. He was there when Stephen was getting stoned. He's, like, he's bad. He's doing some bad stuff. And Jesus shows up. He's like, uh, knocks him off his feet. Light shines around him. He goes, why are you going against me, Saul? I think Jesus was like, I appreciate your passion. But your passion, you're passionate for the wrong things. And I am going to transform you. You're passionate. I appreciate it, but you're going against me. You're kicking against the goads. And he was blind for three days. God did some internal work inside of him. And he went from Saul of Tarsus, greatest church persecutor, to the Apostle Paul, greatest church planter of all time. The ripples of Paul's life, we feel it today. The doctrine, the theology, the churches that are being planted. It came from this man who God so revolutionized because he encountered him with his presence. And you might be here tonight. You may even be going in a direction. And I feel like the Holy Spirit, that part of the personal revival in you, part of it is a yielding, but part of it is a work of the Spirit that only the Spirit can do. And so tonight I'm going to give you some some things that I believe are going to help you position yourself to, to be that person that, 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 would, that would grow in spiritual resilience and passion in your life. For G, that you would have a personal revival. I'm going to show you what it takes and what I believe that there are some things that we can do. But I'll tell you, besides what we can do, all we can do is position ourselves. But what is going to happen is, is what the Holy Spirit will do. It is, it is him knocking you and me off of our feet. And I believe tonight that the power and the presence of God is in this place. And we're going to pray for people at the end tonight. And I believe that God is going to do something so transformational, so supernatural, that we are going to literally be going, I was going this way, and I went to resurgence, and the Holy Spirit, and I am now moving this way, and you're going to be passionately pursuing God. You're going to experience a personal revival this summer. You're, I'm going to prophesy. I would say, dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. Lord. Any dry bones in your life right now, rattling. Right now, rattling. Right now, I prophesy skin and muscle. Right now, I prophesy breath, breath, breath. Rise up, army of God, in the name of Jesus. And I prophesy that over your life tonight, that you're not going to stay in that place of deadness, in that place of slumber, in that place anymore of backsliding and, 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 and mediocrity, that lukewarm spirit, that lukewarm approach to serving Jesus. And it's not that Jesus is, is mad at you, but I believe it's like, the, it's like Saul. It's like, hey, listen, why are you going against me? I want to do something in you. And so we're going to do both things tonight. We're going to position ourselves and then we're just going to let the Holy Spirit do what only the Holy Spirit can do. Personal revival. You know, we all experience setbacks in life, don't we? Have you ever done something kind of dumb? Have you ever done something that you just kind of regret? You're like, man, that was dumb. Have you ever been scrolling somebody's Instagram and you hit a button, you hit the like from 2013, a picture from 2013, and you're like, ah! That's happened to you, right? And then you're like, unlike it, and you're like, but you know that like low-key they got it. They're like, whoa, boy, what's, what? that guy's creeping me. <laughs> right? What do you do, though? You just get back up and you just keep scrolling, right? Like, what can you do? There's nothing you can do. You just keep on going. But the whole time you're just, that angst inside of you, are like, oh, my goodness, that person thinks I'm such a creep. And then you're like avoiding that person, you know, like for months after, right, until they forget about it, hopefully. 
One time I was preaching and, and, uh, and I, it was like an altar time and, and the music was going and people were like praying and, and I was at this event and they kind of built the stage out and then on this side, you can kind of walk on the stage this way. Well, it looked like you could and you could walk on the stage that way. So, but the front part was like the stage but the other part, I didn't know it was just a facade. And so they, they, they didn't want people to walk on it. So I'm like out there preaching and I go over and I walk this way and I go boom and I fall down. Like literally. And I'll tell you, I bounced back up like, hey, everything's good. Nothing to see here. Just get back to what you were doing. And thank God it was during an altar time. But <sighs> embarrassing moments. Have you ever had embarrassing moments um, in relationships? Awkward first dates? Anybody? Uh, my first date, I was in grade six. My first girlfriend was grade six. We held hands around the soccer field. That's what you did. But my first real date, I was 18 or 19 years old. And early 90s, okay? Some of you guys are with me. Some of you guys weren't born yet, but early 90s. So my first date included acid wash jeans, hairspray, a mullet, Christian rock, and a Trans Am. And so this girl, it was her Trans Am. And so she said, well, why don't you drive to the Christian rock concert? So we went, had a nice time. At the end, you know, we drove home, whatever. And, you know, it's like that, that moment when it's like, hey, I had such a nice night, me too. And we had the Christian rock striper ballad, if any of you remember that, on. And this is beautiful ballad. And I said, I had a nice time tonight. And I looked at her, and I thought, well, this is where you give her a kiss. It's my first date. I just watch TV and movies. That's what you do. So I start going in for the kiss. And all of a sudden, she looks at me like a deer in headlights, like, what the heck are you doing? So I'm freaking out, and I panic last minute. So I'm like, I see her lips, and I see her cheek. I'm like, what do I do? Lips, cheek, lips, cheek, lips. And I go, boom, right in the middle of her lips and her cheek. And she looks at me like, what? Awkward. What do you do? You just get up and you keep going. What can you do? When you fall, what can you do when you make a mistake? What can you do when, when you're on fire for Jesus? What can you do when you're going after God with all of your heart and you fall off the stage or you fall or you do something that you regret? What do you do when, 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 you, when you are trying to do your best to live for God and, and, and it feels like the enemy is coming against you? It feels like there are, are so many things that are swirling around your world and it feels like now you're, you're struggling with depression. You're struggling. You're, you're beating yourself up for things you did, choices you made. You, you, you're, you're trying to serve God, but the enemy is coming hard against you, condemning you, telling you that you're nothing, telling you that you'll never succeed, telling you that there's other Christians, you get into the comparison game, there's other Christians that are going to succeed, there's other people that are following Jesus, and they, the way they follow Jesus is so much better than the way you follow Jesus, it's nothing but lies, it's nothing but condemnation, and the challenge is, and the reality is, is that so many people, we have a heart for God, they have a heart for God, they go after God, but when things get tough, when they make mistakes, when they fall, when they do stupid things, 
things. And what happens is instead of just staying down there, God says, don't stay down there. Get up. I want to revive you. I want to encourage you. I want to strengthen you. And some of you tonight have even come here and you've been feeling condemned and you feel like you've blown it and you feel like you've made mistakes. You feel like you've done too many things. You feel like you've fallen and it's not worth getting up one more time. And you hear a preacher say, well, listen, hey, tonight God wants to do something in your life. He wants to set you on fire. There needs to be a spiritual revival inside of you. And you say, that's great for other people, but I'm too far gone. I'm too far away from God. I've made too many mistakes. Listen, break, I break that condemnation and I break that lie off of you tonight because God has so much for you. And we all experience these setbacks. We all fall down. But here's the thing. We need to strengthen ourselves in the Lord. Job 17.9 says that the righteous, look at this, I love this, the righteous keep moving forward. The righteous keep moving forward. This is God's heart for you. This is his desire for you that you continue to move forward. In 1 Samuel chapter 30, if you have a Bible, you can go there tonight or you can follow on the screen, but it's about David. And David, I love David in the Bible, King David, because he was like this crazy warrior, wasn't he? That one time Saul says, hey, you can marry my daughter if you go out and you get, you know, you go and get a hundred uh, foreskins of, from the Philistines. I know, sorry, this is PG-13 tonight. But David, he's so gangster, he goes out and what does he do? He gets 200 and he comes back with these bags, you know, here you go. I, just got, I know, it's, it's in the Bible. He's gangster. But he's also like super emo. You know about you know what I mean? He's like writing songs and he's playing harps and whatever. He's got his skinny jeans on. And he's just thinking about Jesus and he's writing poetry and because he had a revelation of Jesus in the Old Testament. But one day he's out fighting an army, the Amalekites. And him and his guys are out there, and, 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 and they left the women and children behind in, the, in their village. and So they're out fighting and being warriors and whatever. And while they were out fighting, the Amalekites circled back, and they came in, and they raided their, their village, and they took away all their women and all their children. And when they got back to their, their town, it, it, I see it like a scene from a, from a movie, you know, like, you know, the horses have been there and things have been, you know, fires have started and huts are on fire. And it's just an empty, destroyed village. And it says that he looks and he sees what's going on and all the men that are with him, all the soldiers, they start crying. They start weeping. They're just in anguish. They've lost their wives. Their, their kids have been taken away. They've been stolen. They, and they have nothing left. And, and, and they can't, the, the loss is unbearable. I mean, talk about devastation because sometimes it's not the stupid mistakes that you do that knock you off serving God or knock you off your walk with Jesus. It's, it's the things in life that just happen to you that you have no control over. Well, you were over here. Something was going over there. The enemy was over there trying to sabotage you. Maybe it was something to do with your health or something in your family or in a relationship or something at work or something that you came over and you're like, I thought everything was going okay. And when I came back, I realized that my life is being destroyed. It's in flames. It's, it's being burnt. It's, being, it's been destroyed. Everything's been stolen from me. And there's people here tonight, and, and you look and you go, man, my life 
Even over this last season, some of you are like, things, that's, like that's like a metaphor of, of how my life has been. Things have been burned. Things have been taken away. There's, there's, th- there's relationships that I was hoping that they would work out, and they went sideways. There was a job. There was something at work. There, there was something I was trusting God for. I was praying for. I was moving in a direction. But it's like the enemy has come and just completely destroyed, taken it out from under my nose when I wasn't I was just looking over here, and now it's gone. And the temptation for us then is to to come to a place again where we just feel like giving up. We just feel like going, oh, man, forget it. Forget serving God. Forget this stuff. Forget Jesus. I'm I'm just so upset, and I'm so broken, and I don't know how I I can get up again, and I don't know how I can have a personal revival. I I don't know how I can set myself on fire, God, because everything around me is on fire. Everything around me is being burnt or has been burnt and is destroyed. And I don't have any gas in my tank anymore, God. I'm broken. I'm messed up. And you want honesty, God? You want, you want some real talk? I can't handle it. I can't go forward any longer. And this is how David felt. And it's not only David, but it says that the people that were with him, they begin to turn on him. They're like, we want to stone this guy to death. And they, and they begin to accuse him. And they begin to vent their anger towards David. This never would have happened, David. Can you imagine the pressure he would feel as a leader? Somebody that was leading this group of people. And not only was his wife and his children stolen, but all of his friends, all of these people, all these men. And he was feeling this unsurmountable pressure on him as a leader and everybody going it's your fault they didn't know who else to blame it's your fault and and maybe there's something in your life and it just feels like all you can do is blame other people all you can do is look at other people or maybe other people are blaming you maybe other people are pointing fingers at you and maybe you feel like I don't know I couldn't help it I I was just there I didn't have anything to do with it And, and you just feel this incredible pressure that is coming in on your life, and you just feel like giving up. I'm sure David just felt like completely giving up. But watch what it says right here. It says, now David, it says he was distressed. And it says right here that every man for his sons and his daughters, it says, but David then strengthened, look at this, David then strengthened himself in his God. What does that mean? David strengthened himself. How do you do that? How do you strengthen yourself? How do you strengthen yourself in God when everything seems to completely have gone off the rails? Like I said just a few moments ago, I believe there's a part that as we position ourselves in his presence, that's the part that we do. And then there's the part that only the Holy Spirit can do. And I believe that David was able to strengthen himself in the Lord because he knew who his God was. He knew that, God, there's nothing I can do except for through your power, through your your grace. And so tonight, that's what we're going to do. So here's, let me just give you quickly, here's a few things I believe that we can do to position our lives in a place where we're strengthening ourselves spiritually. First of all, get gritty. I said get, get gritty, Christian. Get intense. Get passionate for God. Don't let anything throw you off your game. Christianity is not a comfortable, 
religion. In fact, it's not a religion at all. It's a life of sacrifice and love and passion. Just look at Jesus. Jesus didn't die on the cross to make our lives comfortable. Keep going. David had a choice at that moment. He could have given up. He could have cried. He could have just said, okay, guys, take my life. Uh, It's over. Forget it. You're right. I screwed up. I fell down. I made a mistake. I did something stupid. He could have just agreed with the crowd and said, you're right. I'm just going to forget about it. He strengthened himself in the Lord. There was grit inside of David. There was something inside of his heart. Those hours of being in God's presence as he was a shepherd, as he wrote psalms and as he cried out to God and as God gave him strength to overcome the wild animals and God gave him strength then even as a young boy to say, listen, I'm not going to take that from that giant. You come against me with sword and spear and you crazy, ugly giant in the name of the God of Israel, I come against you. And he took the slingshot and he swung that slingshot and that stone went right into the guy's forehead, knocked him down. Listen, there was something in David that said, I don't care how bad it gets. I don't care how many giants are coming against me. I serve God and God is bigger than any kind of opposition. God is bigger than any kind of attack on my life. God is bigger than any kind of circumstance that happened, something that happened in my past, something that happened out of my control, something stupid that I did. God is bigger and he's not going to intimidate me. That giant is not going to intimidate me. There's something inside of David. There was a resilience in his spirit. There was something inside of him where he could just go, I'm strengthening myself in the Lord. It was out of his relationship. It was out of his proximity to God that he could find that strength. You'll never find that strength unless we have that proximity. But David got gritty. 1 Peter 5.10, look at this verse. And after you have suffered a little while. Oh, thank you. Praise God. I went to church tonight and they talked about suffering for Jesus. I just cannot wait to suffer some more. It's going to be so fun. It's part of who we are, friends. Not after they have been comfortable for a while. The God of all grace who called you. After you have suffered a little while, the God of all grace who has called you to his eternal glory in Christ, watch this, will himself restore, confirm, strengthen, and watch this, and establish you. He's keeping you firm. He's keeping you strong. He's keeping you in strength. After you have suffered. Get gritty. So here's what our part is. We say, God, I I want you to strengthen me. I want you to establish me. I want you to do that. And here's what only the Holy Spirit can do. Put that grit inside of you. Put that that fire. Put that passion inside you. Put that resilience in your spirit to serve God no matter what happens. Whatever comes against you. No weapon formed against you shall prosper. Because God wants to put inside of you tonight, and this is what only he can do. He wants to put in you a Holy Spirit fire, a Holy Spirit grit, that you will say, I am serving Jesus on fire like I've never served Jesus before. I used to serve him like that. I thank God that he loved me. I'm going to heaven. I'm saved. I prayed a Sunday school prayer, but that was then, and this is now. Now I'm living my life completely abandoned, 
willing to suffer, willing to be misunderstood, willing to be persecuted. Jesus said, we're blessed when all men speak poorly of you and accuse you and condemn you. And You're blessed when you have trials and challenges, persecution. You're, you're blessed. Really? Yeah, you're blessed. And you only know it when the Holy Spirit puts that kind of grit inside of you as a follower of Christ. So part of our altar call tonight is going to be a, an anointing of grit, an anointing of power and passion and fire inside of you that says, I'm going to serve Jesus. I'm going to live for him. I'm going to, I'm going to strengthen myself. I don't need a camp. I don't need a conference. I, don't, I, just, I just need time in God's presence. I just need to be with him. And I'm going to allow the Holy Spirit to rise up in me like the Lion of Judah. And he's going he's gonna to roar louder than Katy Perry's song. <laughs> Secondly, get alone. And this is where the strength comes from for grit. Matthew 11 says, Come to me, all you who are weary and carry heavy burdens. And I will give you rest. And if you look at that in the actual translation, it reads better in the original language as, I will rest you. Isn't that beautiful? So Jesus is saying, here's where you get your grit. Here's where you get your strength. Here's where you can experience personal revival. Come to me, and I will rest you. There was a time a number of years ago before I, I was doing another kind of leadership role out in BC, and I was loving my, my role and, and what God had called us to, and I was traveling and ministering, and I just loved it. It was great. And... Uh, I said to my wife, I, tra I traveled a lot of that season. I said, I need to get away. We had little kids, and, and my wife's so good because she, you know, I traveled uh, quite a bit, but I said, honey, I need to get away just three days. I feel like the Holy Spirit is calling me three days. I just got to be in his presence. So I went away three days, and over those three days, just in a place of rest, I just took a book, a journal, a Bible, and I just sat there all day for three days. I, I took a walk and a run and a few things, but I mostly just sat there and just, prayed and thought and listened. And those three days transformed me. What happened was the Holy Spirit began to shift and change things inside of me. And he began to really affirm and reaffirm the calling on my life to be a pastor. Because at that point, I was kind of like, I have a heart for ministry, and I might do coaching. I might work for, I don't know, focus on the family or something. I, I, don't know. I was just kind of open to like whatever. And God's like, I have called you to pastor the local church. And he began to burn in me for the local church, for the people in the local church. He just began to burn in me. I'm like, God, but Sunday comes every seven days in a local church. Like, it's tough slugging. Like, at least now I can skip church and sleep in and stuff and still go to heaven. Like, I got this itinerant lifestyle, you know, whatever, preach at a camp, blow it up, take a couple weeks off, yeah. And God's like, you're too comfortable. Get in the ditches. I've called you and I've anointed you to pastor. I've anointed you for the local church. I've anointed you to equip the saints for the work. I put that on your life. And God did something in that place of quietness, in that place of rest. There is no better place to be strengthened on the inside. God wants to strengthen you on the inside. He wants to strengthen your inner person. You got, we got to be strong. we got to be resilient. But where do you get that grit from? It's from that place of quiet. It's from that place of resting. It's that place of getting alone with God. 
and he will speak to you and transform you. Uh, man, Elijah and the prophets of Baal, he had this big revival, and you know, he put fire in the altar, and the, you know, the Baals were like, you know, cutting themselves, and blah, whatever, and, and whatever. he's like, okay, we'll pour some water on there, and the fire comes from heaven, burns up everything. Everybody's like, oh, you're God, he's the God, he's amazing. And so he has this big revival, and after that, what happens is Jezebel lies and said, I'm going to kill you, I'm going to kill you. I'm gonna, she never did kill him, did she? She lied, she said, I'm going to kill you, and he ran. And he ran because sometimes out of the biggest highs can come the biggest lows spiritually. Sometimes out of the biggest mountaintop experiences, the biggest revivals. That's why there's a problem when we go from revival to revival to revival. Because it's not about living in revival meetings. It's about living in revival in your spirit. It's like every day, revive me, God. Get grit inside of me as I get in your presence. And Elijah found himself then just burned out. And, but the angel of the Lord came to him. He was so good to him. He brought him bread and he brought him water. And, and then God brought him to that place in, that, in the cave. He said, just, I'm not in the earthquake. I'm not in the wind. I'm not in the fire. I, I'm in the still small. I'm in that quiet place. I'm in that place where, you, where you're alone with me. That's, that's where my power is. That's where, that's where I'm speaking to you. That's, that's where your strength comes from. Then Elijah, Elijah got up with grit again. He got up with strength again. And God anointed him and graced him. And he ran like supernaturally fat. I mean, God did something inside. It wasn't about the mountaintop experience. God used that, but it, where he found his strength and where he found his st- inner strength was in that place of getting alone. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. What does he do? He makes me lie down and get quiet. By myself? Yeah. Well, I want to do a ministry. I want to do all this kind of stuff for God. I want to, I want to, I want to. He makes me lie down. When I graduated from Bible college, I was like, me and Billy Graham, we're going to win the world together. Why is my phone not ringing? Why is Billy Graham not phoning me? Why is T.D. Jakes not phoning me? I'm like, I got my papers. I got my papers from Bible college. And so I put my resume everywhere. Nobody's phoning me. I had to get a job at a restaurant. Nothing wrong with the restaurant, but I was the bus boy wearing a little green apron, looking at myself going, there must be more than this. (laughs) There must be more than this. Then God gave me an opportunity with a small little youth group in South Vancouver. I was getting married. I had no money. I was making a few hundred bucks a month from the church for leading youth group and helping with worship on Sundays. And then I got another job downtown at, a, at, a, at an outreach at a free store. That's how I was just paying the bills. And my, my wife's dad, he's an accountant, and I remember saying, I want to marry your daughter. He's like, and how much money do you make? Not very much, but Jesus is my provider. By the grace of God, he said yes. In my youth group, we had eight kids in the youth group. They were all under the age of 15. There was a couple of them were like 11. And they were all cousins from one family. That was my, that was my first youth ministry. And I'm like, I remember getting up and preaching a sermon like this. God's going to call out your life. And these kids are just looking at me like... There's finally this one guy raises his hand at the back when the time I was preaching. I'm like, yes, Scott, God's speaking to you. He's like, no, when are we going to go play basketball? 
great kids. They turned out great. God loves them, but. <laughs> and I ran out of tricks. I figured, and finally what happened in that first, after a few months, I got so desperate. I remember feeling like quitting. And I started going into the sanctuary every day. I just get to the office and I wouldn't even, I couldn't even, have, I couldn't even muster up a heart to go to the office. And I was just like, forget it. And so I just went into the main auditorium and I just got to the front and I just began to pray. I just wait on God just for like hours. But you know what's so cool is a couple of the youth leaders started finding out I was going in in the mornings and praying and they were students or had different jobs and so they would come by the church whenever they could. And what happened was these leaders began to come and we began to pray together. And, and God began to revive and spark something in us. And over the next five years almost, we saw leaders rise up. We saw uh, a youth group strengthen. We saw a young adult, citywide young adult ministry happen in Vancouver. Probably this about 300 people that we saw coming together. We saw a move of God. People were being healed. People were being saved. But there was a season, though, where God said, you got to lie down. Why? Because he was breaking off entitlement in me. He was breaking off pride in me. He was, he was allowing me to be in that place, to get alone, to get quiet. That's where resilience comes from. That's where strength comes from. That's where anointing comes from. That's where it's the quiet place. It's the secret place. And real quick, worship band can come back because if they don't, I'll probably keep preaching until midnight, so... Worship band will help me speed up. Plus, it just sounds way more spiritual as I close. Get honest. Get honest. This is how spiritual resilience grows in your life. It's what Jesus said. When you come before God, don't turn that into a theatrical production either. All these people making a regular show out of their prayers hoping for stardom. Do you think God sits in a box seat? Here's what I want you to do. Find a quiet, secluded place so you won't be tempted to role play before God. Just be there as simply and honestly as you can manage. And the focus will shift from you to God. And you will begin to sense His grace. Just get honest. God, I need you. I quiet myself. I'm done playing games. I'm not into playing theatric games with you, God, in my faith and my walk. I want everything you have for me. I want spiritual revival in my own life. I don't want to feed off other people's anointings. I don't want to feed off other people's experiences. I, I don't want to just be a revival or a conference junkie and go from church to church and hop around and I don't want church just to be about my own needs and finding a spouse and nothing wrong with finding a spouse. Like better find them in church than in a bar. But, uh, but, you know, but it's not just about chasing around, just trying to fill my need. It's about saying, Jesus, I want to live for you with a gritty resilience and a passion for your name. I want to I wanna get that strength from the place of being alone and being quiet and getting honest in your presence. I want to be like David when things happen, when things shift, when things shake around me, that I'm not moved by that, that I, that I can say I'm going to strengthen myself in the Lord. I'm going to get up. I'm going to keep going. Even if I did something dumb, even if I did something stupid, 
and I say, Lord, I want to do what I can do. But then I say, Jesus, I want you then to come, and you set me on fire. You set me on fire. You set me on fire, and let me burn for you, God. Let me burn like a flame of fire for you, Jesus. Let me burn so everybody can see, not for my glory, but for your glory. Let me be like that place, like that consuming fire, that it's not about, it's not about me. It just consumes me. All they, they don't see me. They just see God. They just see the fire of God on my life, and, and I get out of the way, and I decrease, and you increase. And, and God, I want that spiritual resilience. I want a personal, I want to experience a personal revival in my life because it's a new season of the Holy Spirit, and I want everything you have for me. I don't want to live on yesterday's blessings. I don't want to live on yesterday's anointings. I don't want to live on yesterday's good things that take place. I don't want to live on yesterday's experiences. I want a fresh encounter with the Holy Spirit today. And I want to burn on fire for you. Final thing is get hungry. Matthew, blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, so they, for they will be filled. That's a promise. If you're hungry and thirsty, what is righteousness? Righteousness is a right standing with God, a right relationship. If you're hungry and thirsty for a right, a, a closer, a deeper relationship, the promise is you will be filled. Get gritty. Get alone. Get quiet. Get honest. Get hungry. That's what we can do. But only God can do what he can do in us. And that's to burn like fire inside of us. That we would experience personal revival this summer in our lives. It's not about chasing stuff or my needs or comparisons. Or it's just, I just want more of you, Jesus. I just, I just want everything you have for me. I, I want to experience some of you. Some of you, you've had an experience, like you remember when you first came to Jesus, it was a first love experience. You, you had that encounter with the Lord. You, you had that, that, that peace, that beautiful quiet time. You had that place of intimacy, that, that place of grace with God. And, 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 but something's happened. Something's, you, you drifted. There's a callousness in your heart. There's a, and, and sometimes you say, oh, I don't even know how it happened. And, and so there's no condemnation for you tonight. Therefore, there's no condemnation for you tonight. There's just an invitation. Just an invitation. Jesus is not here condemning you tonight. He's just inviting you. And he's saying, come unto me, all you who are burdened and heavy laden. I will give you rest. I will rest you. I will rest you. I will rest you. The Holy Spirit is going to rest you tonight. I think we need to, um, what a beautiful name it is. I think that's, I think that's the song that the Lord was really on earlier. Because that's where, this, that's where the power is. It's in that place of saying, Jesus, it's your name. It's, it's who you are. And everything you are is what I desire tonight. It's what I need. I want more of you, God. As you look around tonight, the earth, as you look around Edmonton, Lord, find me positioned, going, I'm, I'm ready for a personal awakening, a personal revival. I'm, I'm, I'm ready to get strengthened again. On the, I'm ready 
so that, God, you're going to do such a work in me that I, I can actually speak to my, I could, I could be strong. I don't have to be pushed around by, by circumstances or, or things that happen. God, here, I, I, I'm a candidate tonight of the fire of God. The baptism of the Holy Spirit is you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. That's spiritual resilience. You will receive spiritual resilience, fire, power, dynamite, dynamite, explosive in your life. Oh, not for your glory, but for his name. And there's nothing better than surrendering your whole life completely to Jesus. Remember, there's a cross, and Jesus said that we are to pick up our cross and carry our cross. We are not even worthy of following him unless our life looks like some kind of sacrifice. Unless there's something in our life that, that looks like I, I'm, I'm not going that way, I'm going after Jesus. And the beautiful thing is, is it's, a, it's a work of grace. We can do our part. But as we do our part, then the Holy Spirit does something. The book of Acts says that they prayed and fasted when they didn't know what to do. They prayed and fasted. That's, that was their part. And then it says, and the Holy Spirit said, Acts chapter 9, when Saul of Tarsus was getting knocked to the ground and the light was shining from heaven and Jesus was encountering him and all this stuff was shifting and shaking, over here there's a guy, just a disciple, a regular disciple named Ananias, and he was in prayer. And I wonder if God was looking around. He was looking around Damascus that day going, okay, I got Saul over here. I need, I need a vessel. I need somebody who's willing to experience the moving of my spirit on their life, to experience a partnership with my spirit so that, so that they can play their part in, in this conversion experience. I wonder who it is. And, oh, this guy over here, oh, man, he's, he's busy. He's, he's on his Facebook again. This lady over here, oh, she's just too busy to be in that position of, of hunger and quietness and prayer and seeking. What about this person? No, oh, but there's Ananias. He's in prayer. He's already, and he's there, and he's a vessel. He did his part, and then God does his part. And hunger says, God, I'm going to do everything I can to get in, in that place of, of proximity. And then I'm going to trust you to do the rest. I'm going to be Mary at your feet, proximity. Not busy being Martha over here. I, that, that's fine, and that's sometimes necessary maybe, but I want to be in the better place. Proximity. And I believe the Holy Spirit is going to begin to to just work powerfully, even right now in this place. So here's what we're going to do tonight. I think there's a prayer team, so if the prayer team wants to come, we're going to be here to pray for you. But don't even have to wait for the prayer team. If, you just, if you're tonight, why don't you stand? I just invite you to stand if you're able tonight. 
And as you stand tonight, even if you're here and you say, I just gotta, I gotta find myself in the presence of God. I, 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 I'm, I'm here tonight. I wanna do everything I can to get quiet, to get in that place of, of honesty with God and, and allow him to just do that work inside of me because I, I need that spiritual grit. I need that spiritual fire. I, I need a personal revival in my life. We're going to be here to pray for you, but you might want to find a place to kneel. You might want to find a place to stand. You might want to find a place to lay on the ground. You, you just, this, I don't, if it's one person, or I'll be up here. I, I need more of God, so I'll be praying somewhere. It's not about, to me tonight, if, a hundred people respond or two people. Honestly, it doesn't really. It's up to you. And so there's no pressure. Just an invitation. And I feel like the Holy Spirit is calling. I feel like Jesus is calling. And if you feel that call tonight, respond. And you'll never be the same. Let him heal you. Let him strengthen you. Let him establish you. Let him, let him help you. Let him build you. Let him... Let his power rise up in you. Let the fire of God fall fresh on your life. Come and get filled, get baptized in the Holy Spirit. Come and experience everything God has for you. If you're hungry for everything God has for you, find a place. Get out of your seat. Come on up, and we're going to pray, and we're going to turn this place into a prayer room tonight. Just an invitation, so here we go. Let's just sing it together as our prayer and as we're coming. Just listen to this scripture. I want to read this over us tonight, and then we're going to pray for a fresh baptism of the Holy Spirit. When we're saved and we're born again, we have the Holy Spirit come live inside of us, and He lives inside of us. The Bible tells us that, and that's the indwelling of His Spirit. But Jesus talked about that out of your innermost being will flow rivers. There's an overflow. Ezekiel 47 Ezekiel was shown a river coming from the temple, from the, from the altar. And, and this river flowed, and wherever the river flowed, there was life. And, and the river represents the spirit life. And he was first ankle deep, then knee deep, then waist deep. But there was a place that he was over his head. It was the overflow. And so just like we're baptized in water, we go down under into the water and then we're immersed and we come back up. And when we come back up, we're wet, we're splashing, there's overflow. The baptism of the Spirit is like that, where Jesus takes you and, and, and immerses you in His Spirit so that when you come out from being in His presence, you can't help but splash over people. And they go, wow, because God's power and His presence then rests on your life. It's called the anointing, or it's called the power of the Spirit. Or it's, called, it's just what you encounter when you, you go, I was with that person. I was just standing next to them. or just kind of, they're talking. And it's just like I was feeling God from them. It's because it's the baptism of the Spirit, and it's available for everybody. We need to be baptized in the Spirit every day. It's not just like I did it in 1994, so that was great. It was that, yeah, I'm filled with the Spirit, whatever. And it's not even about speaking in tongues. It's actually about empowerment to be a witness. It's actually about the immersion. Tongues is great. It's a bonus. It's all that. It's evidence, all that kind of cool stuff. It's actually actually just about saying, God, Jesus, just take me and just dip me into your spirit so that when I come out from that, your presence, I, 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 I'm, I'm drenched in you. Uh, I'm overflowing. And, and that's available for you and for me tonight. We're going to pray for you in a moment. We're going to pray that God would just give all of us tonight a, a fresh baptism of the spirit. And let me just read this over us before I pray. While Apollos was in Corinth, uh, Paul traveled through the interior regions. And he reached Ephesus on the coast and he found some believers, and he said, did you receive 
the Spirit when you believed? He asked them. They said, no, uh, we haven't even heard that there is a Holy Spirit. And then, what baptism did you experience? He asked. He said, well, the baptism of John. And Paul said, well, John's baptism called for repentance of sin. That's good. Uh, but John himself told the people to believe in the one who would come after, meaning Jesus. And so, in other words, that's great that you kind of got your heart, and you, you know, you're repentant. But, but Jesus is coming. And so, as soon as they heard this, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. And watch this. Then when Paul laid his hands on them, the Holy Spirit came on them, and they spoke with other tongues, and they prophesied. And there were about 12, 12 men in all. So they said some of them are, I don't even know that, in other words, I didn't even know that there was more for me. And it says that Paul came and, and prayed and laid hands, and, and they received the, the, the baptism of the Spirit, the empowerment. And so that's if you want everything God has for you, that's what it is. And like I said, it's, it's grace every day that we need. And I, I'm hungry for more of it tonight. And I want to pray for you that you would receive personal revival in your life. I was at a camp one time when I was a kid, and they were teaching on this, and they were trying to force people to do stuff. And I just got so ticked off, and I went home after that camp. I'm like, God, I just want the real thing. So I went in my room, put on my little ghetto blaster. Remember those? Put on my little Hosanna integrity tape. Listen to some worship. And when I was quiet and honest and alone, the Holy Spirit filled my room. It's undeniable. I, I, all I can tell you is I had this life-transforming experience. He filled me. He healed me. I felt love. I felt power. I felt acceptance. I felt joy. I felt grace. And I felt his spirit just wash over me and, and fill me. And I just began to get filled with the Holy Spirit. And, 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 and from that day forward, I, I felt different. And there was something that I, I experienced and I could never be the same. And I hunger for every day of my life. And there's so much more for you and me. There's so much more than you're currently experiencing tonight. I want to pray that you leave this place tonight ignited because there's a new thing that the Holy Spirit is a new season of the Spirit, and He's ready to pour out tonight in Edmonton in a fresh way. So I'm going to ask the prayer team just to begin to, we're just going to be lay, lay hands on people tonight. And uh, if you're saying, I want to receive the Holy Spirit, I want to receive everything God has for me, I want you to stand. If, if you want to worship and sit down, you're like, that's cool, I'll just kind of pray, that's fine. But we're going to actually come find you. We're going to actually pray for you at the front, go into the seats, just stand. Just I'm standing. I'm saying I want everything God has for me. And that's kind of how we're going to conclude tonight. I'll give it back to Travis at some point. But I think that's all I feel like I want to do. Is there anything else you want to do with that, bro? Or you good? Okay, so let's do that. We're going to worship, and we're just going to release the prayer team. So if you're standing, you're going to get prayed for tonight. And then uh, we're not going to force you or do anything weird. But we're just going to lay hands on you. We're going to believe that the dunamis power, the power of the Spirit is going to just fill you. Uh, if you're hungry, you will be filled. Amen. Thanks for listening to the official podcast of Resurgence. For more information, go to liveresurgence.com.